0: When Jesus enters the picture, he causes holy disruption with his love. Welcome to the Athens First UMC Sermons Podcast. I'm Sarah Lawing, Director of Online Productions. We hope you'll enjoy this weekly resource. It's a blessing to be together in the house of the Lord, isn't it? It's a joy to see faces I haven't seen in a while and to have new members, 11 new members join our church to baptize Annie Wright Ruffin. What a morning. What a blessing for us to be here together to worship our mighty God. Our scripture comes from the gospel of Mark chapter 6. It's verses 30 through 34. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, come and be praised and prepare our hearts to receive your Son, Jesus, and may his presence transform our lives. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, rise, Give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have this whole world, give me Jesus. Amen. We've all heard the term happy accident. It's when an event or experience is unfolding and something unexpected happens, right? That's a happy accident. Maybe that happy accident, because it's happy, created some blessing, added something to the moment that had not been there before. I remember watching Bob Ross's Joy of Painting on PBS as a kid. Do you know who I'm talking about? The most wonderful hairstyle that ever was big and wide and glorious, and he could paint, and he loved to have others paint with him. And he also had some witticisms, some words of wisdom that he would offer while he painted. He said something so famous now, it's running across the internet in many places, but he said this, we don't make mistakes, we just have happy accidents. That's turning that blob of paint into something else and making it wonderfully beautiful. Now that is an attitude of hopefulness and a readiness to look for a blessing even though there's a disturbance. Like the time the little girl in church saw the acolytes light the altar candles and she began to sing, happy birthday to you, and everyone around her smiled changes the atmosphere, these kinds of happy accidents. And to be hopeful as you consider the moment is a beautiful thing. If you heard about the soldier returning home from war and his mate twisted his arm and said, you're going on a blind date. Do you know that man ended up finding the love of his life? Happy accident, beautiful blessing. Two friends at odds arrived at the doctor's office. They'd been fighting for months. Arrived at the same time. Realized their foolishness. They forgave each other. Set it aside. And reconciled. Happy accident? Those are nice moments, aren't they? Wonderful experiences. True stories, all of those. That led to blessing. Blessing. There are things that happen to us and around us that have a different energy. They enter the room in a very different way, so it's hard to stay happy when you're in the midst of that kind of experience. If I use the word disruption, where does your mind go? Do you think it's a negative experience right away when we use that word? That's where my mind tends to go and wander. You're watching the game of a lifetime and the power goes out that's not a good moment the traffic comes to a standstill so you know you're gonna be late a pandemic begins a loss comes a birth occurs a job is new (laughs) the weather all of it all of it qualifies as a disruption in some way does it not A disruption is a disturbance or problems that interrupt an event, activity, or process. We are left wondering is a disruption good or bad? The truth is, disruption is always good for someone, but it is not inherently good or bad. A disruption can provide opportunity. For instance, many people used the pandemic lockdown to learn Spanish, to read the Bible, and to make bread, to do all kinds of interesting things. But for others, disruption is a threat. And they look for ways to escape or stifle the threat. The business world loves to talk about what's called disruptive innovation. It's a scenario where leaders begin to ask questions, lots of questions before they try and solve a problem. They want to get into a new idea somehow. They want to develop something interesting and different. Some city leaders were wondering how they could get the population to take the stairs more than the escalator. Now, understand that the stairs were very wide, so it was impossible to miss them. And the escalator was way over here and very, very narrow, yet people On film, you could see them chose the escalator every time. So what were these leaders to do? They decided to be disruptive. They decided to innovate. So they designed or redesigned the staircase. They put piano keys down on each stair, working piano keys, so that when you took a step, you played a note. Would you take the escalator? No, you would not. You would want to play Jesus Loves Me or heart and soul. It was so fun to watch film after film of somebody discovering the sound and the sadness on the people's faces as they went up the escalator. A beautiful thing, disruptive innovation. Steve Jobs, designer of all things with a little I, had this to say about innovation. For him, he said it was all about connecting the unconnected. I like that. Connecting the unconnected. A hospital administrator noticed a child who was entering her cancer treatment test and she was wailing. It was a misery to watch and it broke his heart. He had to do something about it. He got his team together and they began to dream new dreams. They began to ask questions. Why? Was the child doing this? They did their research to discover that all of the children going for that particular test, over 80% of them had to be sedated. He didn't like that. He knew they could do something different, something new. So he disrupted it all with his team, and they entered in to be like children. They came to the hospital as if they were children. They themselves wandered through the hospital at a very short level looking at all the things children would have to look at, digesting the information children would have to digest, and they said, no, this really is scary for a child. So they decided to do something about it. They took brightly colored paint, and they put it everywhere, on the walls, on the equipment. They introduced characters with friendly faces, and they built up, wrote up comic books, Comic books for the children to choose an adventure for the particular treatment they were undergoing so that when the children were coming, they would know what was going to happen. They could choose the adventure. They could enter into it in a holy way, a more marvelous, lovely way to experience their healing. Do you know what? They went from 80% of the children requiring sedation to 20%. Isn't that marvelous? It appears that connecting the unconnected leads to breakthroughs. In my walk as a Christian, I've noticed disruption happens a lot. If you read scripture, if you study your Bible, disruption occurs a lot. Among God's people, a lot. The lives of believers then and now. It happened in the ancient church and it happens here today. It happens in the community, and in your life, and in my own life, doesn't it? If I had a microphone and I walked around to you choir and I said, tell me about disruption in your life, we would spend a lot of time together, I think, having a moment talking about disruption. But it might be good to go back to the very beginning for a special moment when God created the first holy disruption as He made the heavens and the earth. Think about it with me for a moment. Let your imagination take hold for just a moment. When I imagine the world taking shape and I try to picture the dawn of creation, it is not a silent movie. There are things happening, a lot of things happening. I don't know what the noise level of the birth of the sun and the moon and the stars would have been like. I do know fireworks. So I would imagine... It would be an explosive undertaking for those things to be created. I do know the sound of moving water. I do know that. And the sound of cicadas on a summer night in this area, it's loud. What music there was at creation. What beauty God disrupted the nothingness with. A blank canvas came to life. Remarkable. My point is this, when God breaks in, he breaks in with blessing and new life every time. Even after the children spoiled the garden, God found a way to help. He sent his son Jesus who arrived as a holy disruption. There could be no business as usual when Jesus is present. That was never going to happen. He came with holy disruption, an unexpected, unorthodox king whose kingdom is not of this world. The one who came to connect the unconnected. To some, he was just an ordinary human being. A carpenter's son. Who was he anyway, really? He just came to cause trouble. That's how some viewed Jesus. That's how some still view Jesus. But then there are those who sense there's something extraordinary. Something incredibly Amazing and holy about this man, this Son of God. He's disrupting my life. When Jesus enters the picture, he causes holy disruption with his love. He breaks bad habits, he heals old wounds fills empty hearts, and he builds connections. He always wants, desires to build connections. Paul's story of his own conversion is an example, a classic one of holy disruption. Do you know Paul's story? He was on his way to persecute Christians, this raised-up-from-the-ground Pharisee, follower of God, absolutely to the letter of the law, follower of God. He's on his way to persecute Christians. A lightning bolt hits him. He has an experience, an encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's life breaks wide open. And a whole new A whole new servant follower of God is born in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's a holy disruption. When Jesus enters the picture, we can receive it or we can resist it. But it's coming. It always comes. And it came into Paul's life. You see, all his faith journey, before he met Jesus, Paul was living life like walking through a museum. As I said, this faithful follower of God, appreciated form and function, was so obedient, absolutely, utterly obedient to God. But in that encounter with Christ, Paul experienced a breakthrough. All pretense ended, and Paul became the exhibition of God's transforming power at work in the world. Paul's story... Illustrates how completely changed we can be when we receive Christ and commit our lives wholly to Him. Some people can't handle Jesus, it's too much. They don't want to change. Do you know His own hometown rejected Him? I don't know if you've ever tried to go home, but usually my people are kind of welcoming. In Jesus' case, they didn't want any part of what He had to offer. It's actually a terrible moment when you think about it, really think about it, his own hometown. So this is what he said about it. A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. It's clear they didn't understand who they were dealing with and what was happening. He caused a disruption, but they didn't think it was holy. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He could only do a little bit of healing. It's a terrible thing for us to witness that, isn't it? To lean in and look and notice somebody missing their moment. Don't you hate that? When you see someone miss their moment, the opportunity to receive Jesus was right there in front of them. Something not to be missed. But Jesus causes disruptions. With his presence, he breaks open old lives and new creations are born. Irish artist Derek Rowan was raised in Finglas, North Dublin. His best friend was Paul Hewson. Paul lived down the street from him. Paul suffered a great loss at age fourteen; his mother died, and it broke Paul's heart. So he spent a lot of time at Derek's house. Derek's father Robbie was a devoted Christian, and he loved on the boys. Derek said, "It's my father." who is responsible for our faith development. He taught us, showed us, was an example for us to love Jesus. Paul Hewson is probably more recognized by you as the lead singer of the rock band U2. Most people know him by his nickname, Bono. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it beautiful? Annie Wright Ruffin is depending on us. Do you know that? You made a promise to her. You made a promise to these new members that you'll be there for them through all that life can throw at us. She's not a disruption. Don't you look at her like she is. She is absolutely not mom and dad. She's the music of our lives. She's the hope of our faith rising. And we are thankful for her. Amen. (laughs) Think of the people who came running from the nearby towns in order to be near Jesus. Jesus was anxious for the disciples to get some rest. They had just gotten back from their gospel tour of duty. So he knew they needed that rest. So they climbed in the boat to try and get away from the people, and they couldn't do it. The people ran ahead. The people were desperate. They were starved for being in the presence of Christ. They were hungry for what he had to feed them. And so he saw them, and he had compassion. The Greek word literally means a feeling deep in your gut. He knew they were like sheep without a shepherd. He knew they needed him. Sheep are funny things. People think they're really dumb. They're not. Sheep can recognize faces. Over the span of two years, they can recognize 50 faces. That's probably more than most humans here today. I'm impressed with sheep, but I know I'm like them because I know some more about them. They build friendships. They stick up for one another in fights. They feel sad when their friends go away. Sheep have a fun fact. They will move toward other sheep or a friend always. That's how shepherds learn to control sheep. They invite the sheep to come. The sheep will come if they can actually eat grain from your hand. Once they know you've got food, they'll never leave you. They'll follow you. It's not so different for humans, is it? We count on a shepherd to lead us where we ought to go, and we too want to be fed. The real problem or question is, will we let the shepherd change our lives? Do we have an attitude of hopefulness and a readiness to look for a blessing in the midst of disruption? Are we willing to be blessed and broken and connected to the unconnected? Henry Nouwen wrote that the great conversion in our life is to recognize and believe that the many unexpected events we experience are not just disturbing interruptions in our projects, but the way in which God molds our hearts and prepares us for His return. God is shaping our lives right now. And He'll do it tomorrow with holy disruption. Mother Teresa carried the love of Jesus in the most blessed, disruptive way. She moved among lepers, never contracting leprosy herself, which is a miracle. She fed the starving and taught others to do the same. She knew there was a deep ache in humanity and she said this, the world is not only hungry for bread but even more for love. I'm confident you have things scheduled after this service. I'm confident you're dreaming of lunchtime or maybe a nap. I don't know. But you've got things going on in your life. Before you go, Maybe think of one way you can disrupt that schedule for the sake of Jesus. Choir, I know you've already sung. Bob, I know you've already said some things. Chuck, you've already welcomed new members and baptized. But there's room for more, isn't there? More holy disruption that the Lord leads us to experience. Consider our new members. Have you met them yet? What if everybody stayed around for a little bit and met them? That would be something, wouldn't it? Would you feel encouraged if... All these people stuck around and wanted to meet you, they'd feel more famous than Bono. There's a beauty in how we might make a little change that welcomes in the presence of Christ in a vital and new way in our lives. You know what? When I invite you to do that, some of you are tired, some of you are weary. So don't hear me suggest that you need to have compassion only for others. Take a note from what Jesus was doing with the disciples. It might be you who needs compassion. Maybe you need to rest. And I don't mean binge watch Netflix or scroll on your phone. I mean rest in His presence. That too is holy disruption. Jesus has the gift of disruption. He carries us to places of rest, lifts our burdens, dismantles disease, topples towers of pride, invites the unwelcome, rescues the undeserving, saves sinners, connects the unconnected, makes room for others, and does the impossible. We have to decide if we want that disruption in our lives. I've noticed at times that I've had one foot in the waters of baptism while the other clings to shore. Have you ever found that in your life? Have you ever had the realization that Jesus is only your part time shepherd? Or maybe he's so unfamiliar you don't really know him yet. Let him come close. Let him come closer so that He can disrupt in a holy way. The sheep were without a shepherd. That's what we're talking about. The ones that Jesus and the disciples were planning to take a break from. They were in the not yet ready category. You know? They weren't there yet. But Jesus met them right where they were and he entered in to their need and he met their need on every possible level and he opened himself he broke wide open so that they could be nourished in his word and do you know what happened after he taught them then he fed them actual food so everyone got to eat He and the disciples who were hungry and hadn't had their meal yet got to eat with 5,000 people. It's a miracle moment, a complete disruption. No one planned that event. They did not send out invitations or flyers. They didn't text them, hey, show up. Word spread. They were starving. They were hungry. And so there was the biggest potluck on the lawn anyone ever dreamed up. Thanks be to God, they made room in their schedule room in their lives to feed themselves and to feed others. Jesus blessed and broke all kinds of bread that day. He nourishes us even as we worship here. He's still connecting the unconnected. Last Sunday, I drove a 99-year-old to the birthday party of a 100-year-old. I know, right? It was amazing. It was wonderful to see these women of faith love on each other. They had not seen each other in years and they were exponentially delighted to catch up. Their faith was tangible in the room. Their peace could be felt. They were so in love with their full-time shepherd, it was evident to me. Let Jesus be ours. Let him cause holy disruption in your life. And be prepared for the blessings. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at athensfirstumc.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at Athens First UMC oh Lord, I'm